Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, uh, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 68. And we have back uh, quickly becoming one of the uh, the most uh, most uh, frequently guests, uh, Patrick Frakes from Rare. Patrick, thanks for being on for the third time. Thank you for having me, guys. Really enjoy being on, and happy to be here. I think you're tied with uh, Rick Thompson and maybe uh, one other right now. So we'll try to try to get you into the lead. Um, <laughs> And uh, Tom Beller over at Real Leaf, uh, thanks for joining us today, Tom. And uh, saw your article on Bridge, uh, and uh, really, really appreciated it. So, what's going on? Oh man, you know, we just—if <clears throat> you don't speak out, they'll walk all over you, you know. But I am excited to hear uh, some news from Patrick today, and get into that a little bit if we want to. For sure. Uh, so. Patrick's been on. Uh, this is third show, so a lot of uh, a lot of the audience knows a little bit more about Patrick. But um, you know, P- Patrick is the COO of Rare Vertically Integrated, uh, the processing grow out of Leone Township uh, in ja- Jackson area, and stores throughout the state now and expanding. And Rare is uh, a redemption partner. We. Uh, Love uh, the, the mimosa and the orange daiquiri, and uh, so do our stores. And then also has been a um, you know a big supporter of, of the foundation as well. And also now uh, the rare retail stores are carrying uh, redemption products. So really appreciate the relationship, Patrick. And uh, um, you know talking you're on the show again today. We wanted to obviously talk about the, the really cool Ben Ben Wallace deal. Um, agreement and, and his impact and, and what his role is going to be. I think it's going to be a little different than most of these uh, these deals you see. Then and then we can talk about other things like Vegas and the uh, the the recent MCMA stuff. So Patrick, thanks for being on and uh, tell us uh, tell us how things are going and uh, tell us about the Ben Wallace deal, please. Thanks a lot. So uh, you know everything has been going fantastic. Um, This is a a big transition for Rare. Uh, We've gone from basically being a startup that nobody had ever heard of to now getting a little bit of street cred in Michigan, Um, you know, and definitely want to always accentuate the point that, you know, we're true cannabis consumers and we're in it for the cause, you know, and and certainly, um, you know, see a lot of vertical brands that don't behave what, what I feel is the right way in this market and industry and uh you know our relationships with brands uh you know started with the redemption brand and uh we're very very careful about those partnerships and i think we've seen some of the other out-of-state groups that have done brand partnerships with verticals in michigan that have kind of backfired on them and you know didn't understand you know that the uh they had that synergy you know and that that unified cause that matters to both operations and and that's something that we really scrutinize very heavily um you know in the redemption brand and the redemption foundation was always something that i was attracted to um because of your efforts ryan in the state of michigan and what you've been through um and again me having my checkered past 
um, certainly identified with that and, you know, felt uh, I was a victim of prior drug laws that really had a negative effect on my life. So, you know, I was really passionate about making this friendship work with you and then making this business relationship work with you as well. And it's been nothing but, uh, you know, a great ride, man. It's been awesome. Um, you know, we've been approached by a couple of other um, celebrity agents, I'd call them, you know, these uh, celebrity uh, promotion groups that operate around the country trying to get their celebrity deals. And, uh, you know, it had never really felt right you know, and most of the time they just wanted a big check up front, you know, and they might show up or they might not. And, you know, it never seemed like the right way to go. And then the cool thing about the Ben Wallace relationship was it happened organically. You know, I was able to meet Ben through a mutual friend of mine. And uh, first thing I did, of course, was say, Ben, come check out our grow. Um, and he was really excited about coming and doing the tour. Um, and we met a couple of other times and kind of slow rolled this process you know first we gave him some product um through the system legally of course and uh then uh you know had got his feedback of what he thought about it and he raved about uh the, the products that he got we gave him some different strain selections and that was really it was after our third time getting together that i asked him if he'd be interested in maybe partnering up and creating a Ben Wallace brand. Um, I think everybody in Michigan knows what Ben Wallace means to this state and especially to the Detroit marketplace. Um, you know, I'm very uh, much a sports fan myself and followed Ben's entire career. Um, and, you know, really when he was playing in the NBA, you know, he had this, uh, you know, really persona of being an overachiever, you know, and really being a little bit undersized for a center. Ben admitted to me that even though he's listed at 6'9 his whole career, he's never been over 6'7. And, uh, you know, he uh, he truly was somebody who maxim maximized his talent. And uh, I think everybody would agree overachieved while also being pretty soft-spoken. And, you know, I think that's something that we have been trying to do at Rare. You know, we, we see a lot of verticals that really were puffing their chest out and bragging about their facilities and how great of cannabis they were gonna produce even though they hadn't grown anything yet um, and we never wanted to be that kind of group you know we wanted to put our products out there for people to try and then let them make their own judgments about us and you know obviously we feel really good about our quality and about our passion for being there for the cannabis community and uh, understated and overperforming is something that I think Ben Wallace and Rare both share that's a, that's our goal and um, you know Ben is definitely uh you know has a really strong opinion about uh cannabis use um as a professional athlete you know and i think professional athletes um have a, a, a real great testimony to what they went through when you know they were getting drug tested for cannabis their whole career and had to pretend like they weren't using it as a pain relief option when it was the most effective choice they could have uh, i'm fairly proud of the nba for now stopping drug testing on on nba players even though it's in their collective bargaining agreement that they can um, i think that's a huge step for professional sports and ben has been very outspoken about his opinion uh, uh with cannabis use for for professional athletes in the way of uh relief and recovery um you know so i think it, it was a really natural fit and something that we really, you know, we felt it was important because Ben has his boots on the ground in, in Michigan. 
you know, he still lives outside of Detroit. He is still working, or he actually just got rehired by the Pistons as a special advisor. So he's there on a daily basis, working with the players and working with the team. Um, so it's not like some celebrity deal where the guy might be around and he doesn't really have a connection to the community. This is something that is Michigan born and Michigan bred. And um, I can't be uh, more excited about creating this brand. And uh, right now I can't do any breaking news on the, on the brand name or the packaging, but we're working on it and it's close. So we will have another announcement that we'll put out there on our website and social media channels. Um, but when it does come out, I think everybody will see it's truly Michigan. And uh, it's pretty badass, if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're 18 and over show. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I love you. You made me think about it, Patrick, just the fact what we have in Michigan and the acceptance and, you know, in our sports teams, you know, I'm, I'm a huge huge Ben Wallace fan and, and, you know, and that Pistons team, I was at the parade, uh, you know, I went to a lot of the games and, um, you know, we have Ben Wallace in Michigan, we have Calvin Johnson, uh, you know, and then we also have Darren McCarty and with Ben and Darren, so intricately still involved with those franchises and having the franchise support and being open to it and, and understanding it. I think it's, uh, it's 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 making a, a big headway, and then obviously Calvin is is Calvin, and uh, hopefully, you know the Lions need to do something, so uh, maybe <laughs> they can get back on on his good side. But that's that's incredible. Uh, one of the things that you said, you know, Ben's gonna have boots on the ground. I really hope he I hope he does. You know, like I said, uh, Ben was one of my uh, you know um, sports idols, or you know, uh, uh, growing up. So it would be cool to to do a vendor day, uh, combined, uh, rare, uh, vendor day or something like that. But in general, is Ben going to be out hitting the streets, going to go to stores? Is he going to be talking to the public? Is he going to be involved in, you know, furthering the awareness for, for athletes like, like Calvin and Darren. So like, uh, I'm really interested in that because like, I, like I told you, uh, I think it was yesterday. This is the first deal in Michigan with, uh, you know, a celebrity, uh, that, I didn't hear anyone talking smack about, you know, and, and we all know the, the Facebook pages and the Instagram pages love to talk a lot of smack and that's how much respect uh, people have for Ben Wallace as a person. So um, I'm, I'm excited for him to be on Team Cannabis in Michigan and um, love to hear what he's, what, if he's got plans or if you know of any on that stuff. Yeah, so we do have a, um, a deal where he's going to be participating in some store appearances. Um, as well as going to some conventions. And, you know, I've talked to Ben. Um, you know, I had a contact um, through another organization that was, um, you know, had an athletes council. And I believe NCIA might have something to do with an athletes council. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the, the need for advocacy from people, um, you know, not just celebrities, but especially people in the sports world because of what they've dealt with you know, pain management, um, you know, I think is really important for cannabis to get that awareness and to, to keep reducing that stigma to make it disappear. Um, you know, back to Calvin Johnson and the NFL, I know the NFL is probably the slowest, most conservative sports league. And I think it's imperative because those athletes, you know, I played football my, my whole childhood. I coached football as an adult. And I think, you know, football players go through a lot worse pain than some other sports for sure. 
hockey too. Hockey definitely get hockey players get beat up. Um, but no, I'm looking to unite Ben with Darren and with Calvin and Rob Sims. Um, you know, I definitely think the more that they can do things together, the more their voice gets louder and the more good they can do. Uh, ben has expressed an interest to be a part of it and he, he's all in. You know, he, he wants to um, create his own strain, which we're excited about and we're starting to gather the, the cross genetics that we will be um, trying to make those with. So that'll be an, an adventure and certainly not a quick process. But in the meantime, you know, we're going to be moving our platinum garlic into the Ben Wallace brand, which is now testing over at 30% THC. Not that that matters, but um, obviously it helps. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're moving uh, at least one other strain probably into um, the Ben Wallace brand as well. Um, and, you know, we're going to start that way with doing a couple of things, flour, um, we'll do prepackaged dates, pre-rolls, uh, vape cart, and then we're also going to do an infused pre-roll. Right now, we're about to come out with our phantom line is what we're calling it. Um, and this is going to be infused pre-rolls that are really like no other in the state. I'm, I'm really proud of them and uh, quite cocky about it. These are going to be two gram uh, pre-rolls with uh, a half a gram of hash rosin that's in a worm form. So it's going throughout the whole joint in the middle. It basically makes it like a donut effect. Um, and we've just been doing some R and D with these and I got one for you, Ryan, too. So I'll, I'll, next time, I'm gonna, <clears throat> excuse me. I know I need to get it up to you, Tom. Maybe we can work it out. I've got a few that I can share, um, but they are amazing. And, and really, I think it's so unique because, uh, as you guys probably know, some infused pre-rolls, they don't burn that great. Um, and it really is important how you make it. And these are handcrafted, hand rolled, and uh, they're gonna be a new product line. So we, we have that going on with uh, our own line. We'll have Phantom, but then we'll also have the infused pre-rolls in the Ben Wallace line as well. Real, real quick, Patrick, is that, are you, are you making, what type of wraps are you using? Is it regular, uh, uh, you know, paper it's, wraps it's, or? It's basically the raw paper. Um, but uh, I did just uh, have a meeting in Vegas with Futurola that has, um, I think it's a green tea blunt wrap. So it's not a tobacco wrap, but it's like a blunt. Um, and I, I, I'm trying to, I hope I got that right. Um, but we're getting some of those rolls sent to us. So we're really going to check them out because it does have more of a blunt feel to it yeah. um, without it being tobacco. Well, the only my only reason this, and then I'm gonna let Tom jump in here. This is a sore subject for me. I have uh, been working on on something, and the MRA, in all their wisdom, has decided that you must weigh uh, if you add anything to flour. When you test a pre-roll, you don't test it with the paper, um, but if you add anything to it at all, even if it's not on, then you use the weight of of that wrap too. So it, you could have a a say a two gram uh, product of flour that tests at 25 and then uh, you and that's what it says on your on your pre-roll by itself but then you add 200 milligrams of concentrate that's 90 percent and in reality it's now 35 37 percent the mra is 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 forcing right now uh you to like we did a test it came back at 23 because of the weight so they're telling us to label this 23% THC, even though it's 
way more powerful than the 25. So that's a long-winded thing. You might want, I need help. So if you want to like jump on, jump on helping me uh, try to talk to MRA out of this. So no, it's, it's a good point. You know, and you and I had had a conversation about it before too. And so I was meeting with one of the testing labs in Vegas, um, you know, and, and expressed this to them. And, you know, he said that he was aware of it, you know, and, and they were comfortable doing the testing without the weight of the paper. Um, but still, you know, had to go through this process to make sure getting approval of MRA, that they certainly yeah. didn't have a problem with it. Um, right now, the was, MRA will say no. Right. So I, I hopefully, hopefully maybe they will uh, use their voice to uh, understand yeah. because it, it does. It makes sense. This is all about really protecting the consumer. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm a stoner. I've got a pretty good high tolerance, but... Um, when I smoke these infused pre-rolls, it knocks my socks off, you know, and, and for someone that might have a low tolerance and doesn't smoke very much, they need to understand what they're getting into with it. It's not a joke. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's for another show, but uh, we'll talk about that. But. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Vegas and I didn't get a chance to head down there this year, just about every year and miss it. Uh, maybe next year, but, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, it definitely seemed like it has grown a lot, um, probably because of COVID last year. Everybody that couldn't go last year made sure they made it this year. Um, you know, it's my third year going. Uh, you know, in some ways, I I'd like to be more like you, Tom, and stay home. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's the thing that from a business perspective, you know, you really do have a chance to speed up the process of making those connections and getting work done. Um, the expo hall floor for me has become a, a bit of a, a burden, you know, and, and there's so many um, ancillary businesses. You got 50 to 100 packaging companies. You got 50 to 100 insurance companies and financial vendors. And, you know, it, it's not as productive to be on the expo hall floor if you're an operator. Uh, from an operator's perspective, a lot of that stuff, you know, as we know, all of you, we have our relationships with packaging, you know, and a lot of the stuff that they're pushing there is for people that aren't in business yet. Um, and so, you know, I spent less time on the floor and more time meeting people away from the convention center in Vegas this year. And if I do go back next year, I almost think I might not show up to the convention center, buy a ticket, but just set meetings all over the place. Cause my most productive use of time in Vegas this year was, um, you know, meeting people off site. But it's still a lot of fun. And, and let me tell you, it was packed. Uh, the city of Vegas in general was packed. I think there was a music awards going on. The Eagles were coming into town to play the Raiders. Uh, there was obviously a few other conventions in town. Um, but that place was a circus. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen it busier. It was uh, funny. I get a text from my longtime buddy who's not in not in cannabis anymore, but he, he used to be with me in 10 and 11 and grew up together and shoots me a text. He's out there for his expo and manufacturing uh, trailers. They make trailers, especially since COVID with showers and all this shit. But he's like, hey, I'm at the bar with a guy named Bruce Linton. Says he's, you know, he's talking to him, knows his gauge or something. So it was just kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> got that text running out there. So it sounded like everybody in the world was was out there. But I got to be honest, I didn't, I didn't go either. I got a baby 
uh, any day now coming, so I'd never live it down. But I did look at a lot of those parties and pictures, and I actually got tired sitting at home <laughs> looking at them. So a little, little well, different. <laughs> I, I went to the Sensi party um, hosted by Jamie and, and Sensi Magazine, but um, you know I had tickets to go see Diplo, who's like an uh, EMT kind of music guy, DJ, yeah. and I was just too beat, you know. And I had a breakfast meeting the next morning. And then the Fluence party and the Zodiac party, I had tickets to go to both of those. And I ended up no-showing. Um, I'm getting off subject here, but me and my team went to a place called Meow Wolf. I don't know if you've ever oh, heard of Oh, I Meow saw Wolf. that, yeah. Josh Covert was Good use of time right there, man. Yeah, that place is fun, <laughs> man. Awesome. It's crazy. But that was entertaining as crap. So uh, maybe we made the right call, but... Um, we uh we had a blast and uh you know those parties if you if you go to them you, you know your next morning is ruined everything goes so late <laughs> you're still on east coast time a little bit so it, it's it's difficult for sure and as much as i love to party uh drinking is not something uh most of my partying has to do with cannabis yeah that's uh i'm i'm planning on being next year but you know you just never never know uh um, but yeah, that's a, it's a good update, uh, Patrick, we wanted, uh, the talk, you know, uh, Tom and Krista Beller said a nice, uh, uh, ex, you know, basically an expo, um, or, um, op-ed in Bridge, Michigan, uh, online talking about caregivers protecting them. Let's leave them alone. There was the vote out of the, uh, the, out of the committee yesterday of the, the MCMA bills along with. A lot of the other operators that were, you know, Loom and Terrapin and all that. So let's just, uh, I guess, uh, first off, Tom, tell us, uh, you know, how that kind of came about, and uh, you felt you felt moved to 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 write that, and I uh, appreciate. It. I didn't know it was coming. Saw your your, oh, your yeah. Christmas face online, well, and was like, this is awesome. <laughs> well, we're not ones to really like make a big stink about things, and uh, you know, definitely been hip to everything that's going on and it just came a point that felt like we had to say something publicly so you know we had to get it all down there are a few other things i'd like to reserve for uh, you know act two as far as my opinion on the whole thing but you know i i'm not surprised that it made it out of committee honestly not that i'm not disappointed with the fact that it did but you know being a realist about that situation but you know at least we have the uh, you know the need for a supermajority, and if people can get in contact with their representatives and you know tell them that if you really want to change anything that has been voted in by the people, that you should probably put it up to a vote by the people. If you really think, I mean, at the end of the day, all the other BS aside, in the middle, and there's a lot, and it's terrible. But uh, you know, if you really think it's that big of a problem, ask the people if they think that it is, because then you know that. They know what the answer is. That's why they have to do it through the, the back way. Patrick, uh, I know we've talked about it before, and you've been outspoken as well, especially as a as a vertically integrated uh, operator. And I know uh, you were courted even at first uh, to see if you joined, and you definitely turned them down and, um, you know, joined up with the MICIA early on. And... Uh, Met a lot of met a lot of the you know the the, the people there. So, what what are your what's your opinion on just where it's at and um, how are you feeling? Well, I mean, I, you know, I think it's a tragedy. Um, 
you know, from many different perspectives. One, you know, as far as being a licensee, um, you know, some people want to say that there are competition and I, I've never felt for one second that there are competition. Um, you know, my competition is with myself and my, my plants and my grow team and to make sure that we continue to improve ourselves and just try and be a great option for people, patients and consumers. But, you know, I think, you know, Rick Thompson made a good point. You know, if they were to get what they wanted with this, uh, these bills, you know, that there'd basically be about, um, you know, 42,000 patients that were orphaned, um, you know, by the restrictions that were put in place. And, you know, I think that's insanity to even consider that as, as looking at it as an option. If there's one person who is a patient who might have limited resources and has cancer, has Crohn's disease, has something really serious condition, and their, their life is being negatively affected by it, that's a tragedy in itself, just one. I mean, we have to think about this, but you know, to think that they are really trying to take medicine away from tens of thousands of patients in Michigan is insanity. And I don't think they really have their eye on the ball here. I think they've got a couple of lobbyists and, and greedy companies that are in their pockets and they're trying to you know, think that this is going to make somehow business for the regulated market better. Um, and, and again, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I've always used this example in every other industry, whether you're making t-shirts or you're doing haircuts, people can work from home. People can have a small business. People can, you know, operate in different formats doing the same thing. And, and why we can't do that and allow that in cannabis is, is doesn't make any sense. There's no reason in my viewpoint other than greed uh, that would put this put this law into place. And, and I think it's imperative for regulators to understand you told these caregivers that they could do this and that they were operating legally and for a decade now, over a decade. Um, and now you just want to change the rules on them. People have altered their lives. They've invested so much money you know and and many of them have such good morals and, and and a you know a goal to really help people that are in need i know of so many examples of people driving rso oil all over the state to give it to cancer patients who can't drive can't get to stores don't have the money to afford rick simpson oil um, you know, but these guys are out there doing it for the right reasons. And, and that's where cannabis kind of started from, you know, and as a cannabis user, um, I've always felt passionate about the way cannabis does unite people together. And, and, and I think cannabis users in general, it's one of the great things about this plant. It makes you be a better person, a kinder person and, and, and want to be more helpful. And, and this is something that caregivers have had as a, as a motive for a lot of the reasons why they're growing these plants. And it's so, you know, it's hard work, it's not easy. And these guys have been grinding and grinding for years. And, um, you know, these regulators and politicians don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't understand the real issues. And um, I don't think they understand the repercussions of what would take place if they did reduce these caregiver totals like that. One of the reasons uh, we felt that we had to say something is there was a, a segment of the business community that is not speaking out other than the MICA has taken an official position on the bills and everything. But uh, we're always focusing on 
the, the people who are supporting, but we, we really need to let people know that there are groups of people that do not want to see things change that, that need to, you know, we need caregivers for so many different reasons. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, there, and people have been giving care to their friends and family for you know, millennia. And there are people that, you know, that would oppress us in the past because of our choice to use cannabis as medicine. And now that it's legalized, they want to just jump on the bandwagon and just profit off of something that previously they had deemed evil. Yeah, it's for for me, and they don't under. It's just uh, you know, a lot of these same people pushing it. You can look at their companies, and they obviously a lot of the decision makers don't understand cannabis culture, which you guys both touched on. So they don't also understand what it's like for a lot of these caregivers, um, what, what their mindset, they think they're gonna change these rules, make it say it's illegal. What is really the penalty? Is it a fine? What is it, do you think, you know, like do you think the, these these basically assholes coming in, changing the, changing the laws, are they gonna stop? I don't think you understand a lot of the people that, that they, don't, they don't get it, they don't come from that world, they come from, a different world where you know you you pay to change the rules you don't like you just don't go out and say f you to the government because you're fucked up you know like that's 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 not they don't understand that world and that's a lot of it and then in the real world and the so much that they're worried about you know so much stuff's going out of state and they're acting like these big these big rows are, are the ones doing it but you know they got there's there's other issues there's 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 there's, there's cubans there's People from other countries, there's Chinese nationals setting up big grows in Michigan, selling it out. So maybe we need to focus on that a little bit and and not make this, make this dying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like this is there's real real things to if you want to crack down on stuff to look at. But um, you know, I I feel like we've been count we've been counting votes pretty heavily. Um, we're in pretty good shape, but right now you got multiple lobbyists. You got Brandon Dillon with Terrapin. Um, you got GCSI. You got um, you know, uh, Dykema, you got Shelly Edgerton, you got Steve Linder, you, uh, you got Manny Lentin, you got a, a, a lot, and a lot more. They're just picking up more and more and buying them, and they're going around and giving big contributions to the Republican leadership fund and, and, and other Democrats that are new or, or, or don't have relationships and understand how, how we help them. So we'll see. Um, uh, we'll see. But there's a dinner tonight in Lansing, Jamie Lowell and... Um, uh, Ryan Bringold, I think, spearheaded with the caregivers at 7 to 10, and it's going to be uh, inviting the legislature over and, and talking about it. And they've been taking, uh, Jamie and Zahara have been taking a lot of meetings, doing a lot of work. So there's a lot of work going on. We've got a big lobby day, but uh, I, it's a toss-up. i got to be honest with you. It's a toss-up, and it's it's tough to pick up the tough phone. To believe. Yeah. Well, and if I can just make one email. point that just gets me fired up too, you know, this is supposed to be, um, you know, in the legislative body. Um, Steve Linder's up there holding up a bag of something that is not nearly representative of caregiver product. I don't know where he got it from, <laughs> what that swag was, but I've seen a lot of caregiver product in Michigan and I've never seen anything that looked like that. So. I think they're using a lot of smoke and mirrors and that's misinformation and that's what we're talking about. Everybody needs to understand the truth and, and not allow these guys to have free reign to spread misinformation again just for greed purposes and, and that that got me fired up too when I saw that bag that he was holding up 
um, to think that that has something to do with caregivers. I think he was trying to educate them on the fact of, uh, you know, what remediation is, at, especially at the <laughs> commercial level and how that there's, you know, what percent of, pro you know, products out there are remediated, 60%. I don't know. I heard that number. I don't know if it's exactly true, but, you know, there's a lot of remediated product from companies that can't control their growth. You know, they're all about the bottom line and cutting corners and making boof. Yeah, and that, it's a and it's it's reality. Like we've talked about the business model of a lot of these uh, REIT funded companies, and it isn't to turn a profit by operating good. It's to get so big of market share uh, to to eventually get bought exponentially. There's there's and you know they can't do that with ten dispensaries, but if you get a hundred. Maybe that multiplier is so good that, that somebody comes in, but at that point, somebody buying it would just change the change the brand name. Why would you? Can't we just have an industry that ones? isn't just, <laughs> just you know, sucky. just sucks? Know. You know, something yeah. with soul, something real. I don't know. Well, it just seems it seems like uh, just a waste, another wasted opportunity. You know, you freaking McDonald's weed. Give me a break. Right. Well, I mean, I think we're going to hold on to that at any cost. Um, I guess we'll see how it, how it goes. But um, and I heard you mention something too, Tom. Like first, it's first it's caregivers, um, but they've by no means. I mean, they've not been good about hiding their disdain. And and the next people they're going after is this is the small business license holders. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's not going to stop. No, you got to stay, you know, several steps ahead at all times, you know. But the good news is we come from being caregivers, and we're really freaking good at that. Yep. And you got great product. Everybody brags about Tom's product. I love it. We have an oh, awesome yeah. team. Oh, well, well. And, you know, if you really think about it, you know, one other point about the caregivers, you know, and this is obviously a very Republican-led legislative body in Michigan and you know supposedly Republicans you know are, are, are big fans of the veterans and the military and there's so many vets in Michigan that are benefiting from the caregiver model and they've got PTSD and they fought for their country and you know I think those the, every not just the Republicans but every legislator every politician in Michigan needs to understand that you know, you're, you're now trying to tell these vets that busted their butt for this country that they've got to go shop at the retail stores and pay top dollar for their product when they're, they've, some of them no, are on They should be saying, resources. how much do you need every month? And no, no problem, we'll get that. Yep. And, and other, you know, things that make me upset on that note, Patrick, is you're also supposed to be for small business and, and capitalism and, and letting right. the best people win out and, and taking down government barriers and all that things that we hear about. And that's why so many of uh, us, I'm going to say me, and uh, I'm not going to speak for you guys, have just gotten so, you know, kind of disdain for politics again. It's it's tough to stay in it for a while. Uh, we've been and we've done it out of necessity. We have to keep going, but it's tough. It's tough uh, have to, on that note, but I feel like we're getting stay all, diligent, man. Yeah, but you, you can't to. give up because otherwise you see what's yeah. going to happen. Without a doubt, um, you know, uh, for sure. And I mentioned it last week. We're running, running low on time. So oh, before I say that, I'll let uh, 
I wanted to uh, let uh, Tom uh, say goodbye. And yeah, well, Patrick, thanks for sharing today, and congratulations on hooking up with one of the greatest basketball players of all time, undrafted, amazing legend in Michigan, and keeping it real always. We appreciate you. Can't wait to come and check yours out. Then uh, I'll show you mine. I can't wait. But before we get Tom out of here, we do have to talk about somebody's birthday today. So oh, yeah. Happy Oops. birthday to Tom. We won't sing. We'll, we'll, we'll save the show, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also dyslexic. <laughs> that sounds young to me. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, can't stop well, the yeah. uh, marching of time. Happy birthday, Tom. We appreciate Thanks, you guys. postponing your... Uh, your vacation getaway just for the show uh hey we, we you know you know appreciate that you. a lot um and we miss uh uh oh, go ahead uh, let patrick say good kevin. Uh, kevin wasn't able to make it today he's uh he's a little short-handed doing some harvesting so he's got to harvest um, plants you know like yeah, people do r- real stuff that growers do uh but patrick uh thanks for being on the third show uh um you're tied for the lead and uh congratulations again and um appreciate it so next time on, I get a jacket, right? I get a smoking rope podcast blazer. No, that's a good idea. We're uh, we're <laughs> gonna get some smoking rope swag soon. Uh, but yeah, just uh, want to thank Patrick for for being a great partner and being on the show and uh, being a great ally from, uh, from day one uh, since he stepped foot in Michigan. Need more more people like Patrick. Uh, and uh, for everybody uh, that's listening, uh, please call your state rep. And, uh, let them know that you're against these bills. Everything's fine the way there is. There is no emergency. It's all, it's all, uh, look at the people that are pushing it. So, uh, and also, um, you know, this Friday uh, from three to six, we're having an open house at 920 North Washington. Um, it's uh, Michigan cannabis lawyers, Josh Colbert and James McGill and Redemption, myself, um, our new building just down the street from our old one. and. Uh, Eastside Fish Fry is uh, will be uh, catering, and there might be some drinks and some smoking going on. Uh, so, nice. with that, hope to see a bunch of people, friendly faces, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, hot. Thanks, guys. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics, or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.